Welcome to the Milestone Church Podcast. Whether you are at home, on the road, or at work, we hope you find this message encouraging and helpful for your life. You can watch other messages just like this one on our website at milestonechurch.com messages. I want to welcome all of you to this Vision Weekend. If you're new here to Milestone throughout the year, periodically, especially at the kickoff of a new semester, then I will take a moment to pause and talk to you a little bit about what I believe God wants to do in your personal life. It's one of my life passions and my life goals. I can't believe that I get to give my life to this is to really, to inspire you through the word of God to become all that God has called you to be and to help you see maybe an aspect of God's intentions and his desires for you in the area of your personal vision. And uh, because the Bible says that without vision, we cast off constraint in our lives and we don't fulfill what God has for us. So I love to talk to you about maybe some aspect of what God wants to do in your personal life. And then I also love to talk about what God's doing with all of us because it's exciting and I want us to kick off this year It's really a great time to be talking about vision because we're kicking off the new year and then we're kicking off a new decade that's hard to believe. So it's a great time to be talking about vision and I'm gonna ask you if you have your Bibles to turn with me to the book of Proverbs. The book of Proverbs chapter 16, we're gonna look at verse two. Proverbs 16, two, I'm gonna give you one verse along the way And then I'm going to give you some verses to illustrate what I believe God wants to say to us here on this Vision Weekend. I want to welcome those watching by video at 1230 as well as those watching online as well. You say, Pastor, when you think about us, when you're praying about our church, what are you praying? Well, I'm thinking about the word pure. I have my phone with me in meetings. I'll set it there and the Bible talks about praying without ceasing and I'll look over at that word and I'll be, Lord, help me. Help me keep a pure heart before you. Let me give you a little verse on our way to Proverbs 16 too. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Does it say the perfect, the people who never make a mistake, people who sometimes do things out of ignorance? If you live life long enough, you look back at the ignorant version of you. Come on, anybody know what I'm talking about? You with me? The good thing about stupid is it's curable. You know, you look back and that was stupid. We can't say stupid in our house, so dumb. But anyway, <laughs> it was dumb. So it's like, okay, you look back, but, 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 but the fact is, if you have a pure heart, you will see God. God will still be with you and he'll help coach you through the dumb moments and he'll help you get past where you're at if you have a pure heart. And I know there are those of you, you're praying about that job situation, that investment situation. Okay, I, I think there's this opportunity, but does, does my gift set fit? And, and I know I heard from some of you during prepare, you're praying about your work life and you're praying about your kids and there's an issue at school or there's an issue for them. You're praying for their, well, as I do, you're praying for their spouses, you're praying for their hearts, you're praying for their attitudes, like I need God in this. I need God to help me with this. I need God, and so you wanna see God. You wanna know God's will. You wanna know God's insight. You want his help. Well, connected to seeing God is the purity involved. Not popular in today's world. We don't talk a lot about that. We just talk about five ways to get 
to God, to see God, to get God's wisdom, to get God's results, to get God's plans, to get God's purposes. But the Bible says that the purity of your heart, God's concerned with, and that's connected to you understanding his wisdom and his insight. Proverbs 16, two, my, God, my dad had me read Proverbs as a kid. I still read a proverb. I'll grab four or five. I encourage you, grab your four or five Proverbs at the start of the day and just kind of chew on those a little bit. Proverbs is powerful, just four or five. I mean, they're like arrows. They're like bullets. You just grab one and be like, ooh, wow, boom. Don't need a lot. Proverbs 16, two. All a person's ways seem pure to him or to them or to her. I generally think that my ways are, are right. My, my way is the right way, and then there's everybody else's opinion. Y'all know what I'm talking about. I, I generally think, okay, I, I see that the heart has, its, has a way, if we don't keep submitting it to God, the heart has a way of justifying what we say we want, but we don't always investigate whether our heart is lying to us as to say, is that what God wants? Is that God's desire? Does that align with his character? Does that align with his nature? Does that align with his desires? Does that align with his word? So a lot of times, again, everybody believes that their way is pure to them, but motives are weighed by the Lord. So I know this is a little bit of a deeper dive right here at the start of the year, but I do want everything for your life that God wants for your life might be my greatest desire for you, but I know this, you gotta let God do a little bit of work down in here through some of your hurts, through some of your pains, through some of your fears, through some of your mistrust, even with God, because he'll get down at the motive level. He'll get down at the, the desire and motive level, and when we let him purify our motives, and I'm gonna show you how to make this practical, then we'll begin to see what God desires for us. Again, I'm using these words like pure in heart and God weighs the motives. It's like, preacher, okay, help me with this. Look, this is not complicated. We see it really easy in someone else. It's just hard to see in us. We've all had the moment where you're walking through the mall at Christmas and the person says, here is a free sample. And it's not free. It will cost you five minutes of your life to listen to their spill and their desire is that you would actually buy some of that, you know, makeup, that hair remover, that whatever it is, they, 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 it's not free. You will get a phone call sometime right here at the start of the year about either your house warranty, your car warranty, and you may get this phone call. You are selected as the choice person in all of the world. Whoever gave our cell phone numbers out, you need to come forward for church discipline at the end of the service. <laughs> Thank God they're telling us they're telemarketers now on our phone so we can screen them. You have been chosen for a free vacation. You have been chosen for free golf clubs. It's not free. You have to come look at our condo. You have to spend a day. The golf clubs aren't really that good. I've tried it, okay, y'all with me? They're not great. It's not free. You're gonna be watching the infomercial, right? In the middle of your show, there it is. We got this person, one of my favorites. I love it this time of year. A few years ago, one came out. I've, I've really bought into it. I've got a lifetime supply, Fat Whacker. 
You take the pill, it whacks the fat off your body. You're like, Pastor, you're doing good. I've been taking Fat Whacker. And I'm just telling you, I recommend it. You don't have to exercise. You don't have to eat right. You simply take the pill and it whacks the fat off of your body. We've all had the phone call from someone from college. We haven't seen them in 20 years. How you doing? They stalked us on Facebook. How you doing? Let's get together. I just want to catch up. Talking about motives. How are the kids? Man, we used to be BFFs. Can we get together? Yeah, yeah, let's have dinner. They come over. You're eating. In the back of your mind, you're going, there's something about this. There's something about it, but you dismiss it because you're a pure-hearted person. They just want to get back. They just want to reconnect. Right before dessert, they whip out the knives. <laughs> Do you want to buy this knife? I knew it, man. Motives, toilet paper, no, I don't want it, are you with me? You know that slimy feel you get when motives are personal agendas? You feel it, you're like, whoa. We have to ask ourselves this, how are our motives connected to our purpose? I would submit to you that in the Bible, our hearts and our motives are very tied to the next place God wants to take us. That your purpose, in fact, that word there, motives, is tied to the Hebrew word ruach, which means spirit, which has to do with the spirit of God working on the inside of you. That in fact, the Greek word boule in the New Testament where motives are talking about, it's tied to purposes and plans. And what I found from personal experience and from reading the scripture that every time God has a new place for you, that God has a new purpose for you, that God has a new plan for you, that God has a new season for you, he does a new work in the purity of your motives in your heart. He always begins to work inside of you before he works on the outside of you. So God's always, and by the way, why are most New Year's resolutions never fulfilled? I would submit to you the reason is that there's not the right motivation. If you even go to someone who's not a Bible preacher, they'll tell you the bigger the task, the bigger the motivation, they'll give you all this stuff, and you can stir yourself up with personal intensity, but it never is as strong as you hearing from God yourself and letting God work in your heart and have the right fuel for the right thing that God has called you to. When God was calling Moses, he began to work on his motives before the Ten Commandments. In fact, if you read in the story, there was a purification process. They were actually washing their clothes to purify themselves to receive what God was bringing in. It's a pattern throughout the Bible. Joshua, consecrate yourselves. Purify yourselves. Get right in yourself. Why? Because tomorrow we cross over into this new land and into this new place. Elijah, I love this story of Elijah where God whispers to him. How would you like God to whisper to you about your situation and circumstance? The only way to hear a whisper is you gotta be close enough. And every time you get close to a holy God, he starts purifying your hearts, your motives, your intentions, your desires. He starts, he starts working on you. Elijah had a time that predetermined the whisper of God where he turned his back on the idol worship of his day. You're like, well, that's in the Old Testament. It's all the way through the Bible. 
Jesus went into the wilderness and fasted and became close to his father, went through a season of just God working and his father talking to him and preparing him for his ministry life. And we see Jesus even take his disciples in the Garden of Gethsemane for a moment of, here's a word, sanctification, purification, God purifying them and Jesus taking them through that exercise because I believe this, that the purity that God wants to do in you will produce endurance for what he's called you to. It'll produce the endurance that you're looking for. You say, man, I, I don't, I, how did you keep going? Well, the purity of your motivation will strengthen your endurance. And so God wants to work, to work on us in this area and I'll try to make it real for you. I'll try to think about it. I, I think when I think of the word pure, one of the things in my life that I want to be pure is water. When we take mission trips with teams, we have to make sure that we have pure water before we take a team. You know, if you travel, I mean, that's one of those things in life that we want to be pure. Now, we want other things to be pure, but look, you know, it's not like, well, you want a salad, uh, you know, and it's like, well, the salad is pretty good. It just has two bugs in it. No, thank you. Are y'all with me? It's like, I, I wanna, I, I like to, you know, the chicken parmesan is great, there's just one hair from the chef, you know, just, just one of his hairs. You know, so I'm done, come on now, anybody grossed out beside me. But one of the places the Bible says is out of your innermost being shall flow rivers of living water. The spirit of God a lot of times is compared metaphorically in the Bible to water and just as a visual, I might think with us for a minute because I have this word pure and I think it pertains to all of us, by the way. There's no one, including the one speaking to you, that God doesn't wanna say, hey, I wanna purify some things in your life. For where you're going, that's not gonna be able to cut it. You could have all that going here, but it's not gonna work over here. And I will tell you as a personal testimony, I've always underestimated the purification process that God has taken me through to take me to the next season of my life. And I'm gonna tell you, he wants to purify us. It's one of the things he does. A metaphor of the Bible, again, out of your innermost being will flow rivers of living water. You can't flow the purity of the personhood of God into the relationships around you without God first doing the purification work on the inside of you. So he purifies us so we become a river of not dead stagnant water with bad motives, but pure water that is life that people are thirsty for even in our own homes. So God begins to purify us. Some of you look at this, you're like, man, pastor, that's me. You just been out there, holidays, you've been, you know, eat, drinking, sinning, fellowshipping. I mean, that's a different service, not y'all. Somebody else, maybe Saturday night, that's where heathens go. <laughs> but you're like, man, I, my water's dirty. You know, if it's sinful, I'm into it. I've just been doing it. I've been doing it all. In fact, I come to church and I wanna be close to God and I wanna hear from God and I wanna see God, but man, my water's all dirtied up from all the stuff I've been doing. You're like, what do I do about it? Well, well here's what you can't do. You can't change yourself. If that would've worked, you'd already be different. You can't change yourself. You can't dig all the sediments out of your own life. That's the real power of what Jesus does in our lives is he changes us. 
Now, some of you are over here going, well, these two look the same, but actually this one is a better type in shadow because some of you, you hadn't just been out there in a full on just dirtying up the water. In fact, you've received Christ, and but yet you can have a religious cloak come upon you and you don't keep your heart right before God and you can look real clean on the outside, but I would not recommend drinking this water uh, because one of our assistants who helped me with this, she just recently found out she has mono. And uh, you know, mono, Mono's from the devil, okay? My wife got it in September. If you've never had it, you'll think you have like some serious illness, okay? I'm serious. It's like you think you're about to die. You'll be checking thyroid. Do I have cancer? Is this the end of me? And so Mono is beast. She has Mono. She spit in this. (laughs) You don't want to drink it. Oh, it looks good on the outside, but it has some stuff that'll jack you up on the inside. Are you with me? Religion at its finest. We all want that pure water. You say, Pastor, I'm in. I want to be purified. I want to be different. How does it happen? My own life, I'll tell you, I gave my heart and life to Jesus. I meant it. Didn't really know what I was signing up for. Gathered around my family dinner table and confessed Jesus Christ as my personal Lord and Savior. And in that moment, he cleansed me. He washed me white as snow. That's the first step, by the way. But then I think about moments along the way. I think about one that's in my study Bible at 19 years old. I walked in. This is more common what we're doing here today, like preaching the Bible with passion, like worshiping, like praying, like God is real, like, like, like the Holy Spirit's still moving, you know, like I hadn't been around that, you know, it's more common today, but it, back 20 something years ago, it wasn't common and I went into a service there and they were, they were worshiping and I thought they were crazy and the guy was preaching out of the Bible, man, and I, I just felt the Spirit of God stirring me and I, I wrote in my Bible, I guess I could do the math, I think I was about 19, I wrote May 20th, I surrender to your Lordship at a new level. So, so I'm gonna tell you, when you walk with God, it's not just that he saves you from your sins, he will start saying, look, I want to be Lord over your money. I want to be Lord over your sexuality. I want to be Lord over your habits. I want to be, he wants to be Lord. So I remember having that moment. Okay, all right, right, Lord. Not all of it. No, I didn't get all the way cleaned up, but man, I went another level of letting him in and it was maybe God's preparation because I didn't know just two years from then I would be a pastor. Could it be that God said, look, I'm going to, reveal myself to you in a new place because what I have prepared for you, purification precedes my plans. Purification precedes my purpose. Yo, you get all fired up about I wanna do something great for God, but blessed are the pure in heart for they shall see God. So I wanna do a little cleaning on you, Jeff. And he's still doing it, still doing it. Number one, how do you purify water? By the way, there's some common practices to purify water. One is you need a pure source. Iceland, I hear, has the most pure water. Why? Because they have the purest spring from which the water comes from. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5, 17, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, they are a new creature, a new creation has come. The old has gone, the new is here. So you don't change yourself, you don't, you don't, you don't dig out of you the right things. You submit yourself to Jesus Christ. You confess him as Lord and Savior, and he changes you. He accepts you just like you are, but he'll change you. 
In fact, if you say, man, I prayed a prayer when I was a kid or I joined a church or I ascend to Jesus, but you're not changing, you need to investigate what you receive. Because this is not a religion. This is not a box to check. It's a transformative relationship with a living God who will change you, and he starts changing you, and that source just starts filtering out. You go, Pastor, how does it work? Well, it starts with surrender. And as you surrender to him, that source just starts flooding your life, and he starts changing your want-tos, right? I mean, we have Freedom Weekend here, we have small groups, we have all kinds of stuff, and as a pastor, look, I want you to be growing into more of who God's called you to be, but I've learned this as a pastor, I've learned this as a parent, you can't impose enough external things to help a person change. It just doesn't work. All of you that have older kids know what I'm talking about. When they drive away in that motorized vehicle, they have full freedom. And if they can't hear from the Holy Spirit, then you're just, your prayer is that they do. It's no different than a pastor. My prayer for you is that you change. I can preach the Bible to you. I can put on programs but it's only when the Spirit of God starts changing you and starts speaking to you and you start, since he'll begin to cleanse you, he'll begin to bring you under his lordship, he'll begin to move you, he will move you past what your own way that seems right. He'll move you past it. You'll be like, man, I can't even believe I want to do this. And stuff will just start falling off your life. You look up in five years and 10 years and you're just like, man, I'm just different. I don't even want to do that anymore because we do what we want to do. Come on now, can we be honest in church? We do what we want to do. That's why he changes our want to. He starts purifying us. We had another guy I saw on Instagram, a, a wife. She said, I'm praying for my husband and I'm praying for him to come to Christ. And we all start, it, it's normal. By the way, God's not mad at you. We all start with our want to's. We start with what we need. And this guy came forward because he needed prayer because he had this vertigo issue. And he came looking for help with the vertigo issue, but then his wife says she's still praying for his healing, but in the midst of getting prayer for the vertigo, he accepted Jesus Christ as his personal Lord and Savior. So he received the ultimate healing. By the way, God's not mad at you coming with like, here's what I want. He wants us to bring, bring him our wants, bringing our desires. It's no different than a baby, right? A baby, you know, you don't get mad at a baby because it has a lot of needs, has a lot of wants. They poop in their diapers. It's all about them. Their favorite word is mine, 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 mine. That's a baby. God knows that. I know that as a pastor. Some of you are babies. Right now, you're like, yeah, God, mine, mine, mine. Where's my seat? It's too crowded. What's going on? Mine, mine, mine. I'm too busy. Mine, mine. My stuff, my career, my money. If you've been in church for 20 years, you should have a river of living water flowing out of you to somebody else because you've been getting changed and purified and it's flowing out of you and stuff's falling off of you. You're getting more pure in your motives. Yes, thank you, Lord, for all that you've given me, but look, I'm, I'm here as a conduit of your grace. That's part of the sanctification process. Number two, we need the right filter. The way you clean up water is you gotta have the right filter. In today's world, 
The problem is technology has provided people with information. I'm gonna hit this in our Built to Last series. So when we don't know something, we search it, and so we let someone else's opinion be the filter for what comes into the container of our hearts. And we don't even know if what they're telling us is true. So what happens is that, that, that muck and that dirt and all of that comes in in our world today. We compromise it and it just starts filling up our lives. You go, what do we use as a filter? Hebrews 4.12, for the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and the motives of the heart. This word, as you get in it, that's why our desire here is for you to know how to use this word and read this word and engage with this word. This, this word never goes out of style. And I'm going to tell you, it doesn't matter how long you've been walking with Jesus, this word will get right down deep in there. It'll, it'll start talking to you about motives and heart, and it'll divide up agendas. It'll get down in there, and it'll also still always be the authority of what God thinks about every subject, so you can find out what God thinks about it, and it becomes a filter. It becomes a filter of what is right. Today, our world is so afraid of, you know, it's like, let's not talk about sin, let's not talk about all these passages in the Word of God that calls us to holiness and purity because we don't wanna become legalistic. Look, legalism is when you're trying to clean your bucket up yourself to be approved by God. That's legalism. Legalism is when you're putting externals on yourself so that you can get a cleaner bucket by yourself to be approved by God. That's not the message of the Bible. You have been saved by his gracious hand. His grace reveals himself to you. You're not saved by yourself, but grace is not an excuse to glorify dirt. The Christian life is not, again, God doesn't expect us to be perfect, but he does expect us to be progressing. We're progressing toward his nature, toward his character, toward his heart. 1 Timothy 1.5 tells us how that works. Some of you may have never heard that this is in the Bible. Paul talking to his young disciple who was like his own son. He says, the goal of this command that I give you, I hear the fatherly heart, I hear the pastoral heart, so we, we've all been there where we have somebody we love. He's like, look, I'm not telling you this stuff because of like some rule. I'm telling it to you out of love, which comes from a pure heart and a good conscience and a sincere faith. A good conscience. Did you know your conscience is your friend? A good conscience. The Bible talks about, in fact, I'm talking about motivation here. Tim, in Timothy, the Bible says, Paul says there are some who have shipwrecked their faith because they didn't pay attention to their conscience. If you're gonna do what God has for you in this next year, in this next 10 years, you're gonna need faith. You're gonna need confidence in God. You're gonna need faith over your fear because fear is a terrible motivator. And it says if you don't pay attention to that conscience thing, it'll shipwreck your faith. When your conscience is clear before God, when your heart is pure before God, not that you're perfect, you move forward. When it's not, you move backwards. You move away. By the way, every time you move away, you'll find five, five people to agree with you. Every time you take a step away from God, you'll find five people on the internet and five people in the world to say, come on over here in our misery and get your bucket dirty like ours so we can all be dirty together. 
But the truth is when your conscience is there, your conscience is the sensitivity. Did you know pain is a good thing? My uncle had type one diabetes that it took a while for them to find. He ended up with neuropathy in his feet. So he always had to watch because he didn't feel his feet so he could end up with infections and have an amputation. It's not a bad thing to feel that little, wait a minute, I don't like that, God speaking. That may not even be sin, but you know what? I don't really like that. That's, that's offensive to me, God speaking. Yes, Lord. Okay. I'm gonna leave that behind. Conscience is your friend. Did you know the Bible says there are people who have seared their conscience where they can't even feel right and wrong? That's the danger of playing with sin. Like a fire, you can participate. I'm talking about people who are good people who wanna seek God. They may even have accepted Christ, but what happens is you get over here in that, you play with that drug, you play with that stuff, you play with that sin, you keep going, and what happens is the enemy just makes your conscience where you can't even feel God anymore. And that's next thing you know, the enemy's pulling you off into death to destroy you. Conscience is a good thing. Oh, Lord, I, I got you, I got you. You know that little nudge? By the way, maturity is not being perfect. You're all gonna make mistakes. You know what maturity is? The speed at which you go, I got you. I got you. I say stupid stuff sometimes. And I'll say something and I'll walk away and go, okay, Lord, I heard you. Honey, I'm sorry. Anybody live in real life? The speed at which. I've had to tell my team before, you know what? I got excited. Half of that was true. Don't let the, don't, you know, it's just, I embellish. Anybody get excited? Don't let the truth get in the way of a good story. Come on now. Hey, I, 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 okay. You with me? Pure heart. Not perfect, pure heart. Okay, Lord, I got you. Here's number three, we need plenty of light. Did you know UV rays on water purify it? Why do you need to sit under the preaching of the word? Why do you need to be in small groups around people full of light? Because there's plenty of people who wanna drag you the wrong way. There's plenty of people who misery loves company. Why does God give you godly relationships? You have people you're ministering to, but you become the people you hang around. So just make sure you want what they have. So why does God, we're carriers of his light. We're carriers of this life-giving water. And so that's why God gives you. I'm fortunate. I, I, I'm telling you, you need people in your life where when you get around them, it draws you to a greater level of purity. Draws you, not out of legalism, but out of just a heart, man. It's like, wow, that inspires me. It inspires me toward what is really life. So God will put those relationships in your life if you're open to it. By the way, some of you, I know you are, as I'm preaching this message, and remember for two years I've been even saying this, and Lord, protect the innocence of our church, and protect the heart of our church, and give us childlike faith, and Lord, protect my heart, and, and all of that. You may be wondering, because I know you're an evaluation type person, how's my motives, Lord? How am I doing here? Okay. Did you know one great indicator is your relationships? People with bad motives change relationships all the time. Because if you have bad motives and God doesn't want to work on them but you haven't given them, you have to keep switching. You have to switch. Because we all can tell when the motives are bad, right? And so you have to switch. 
longevity of relationships says you're changing, you're growing, you're getting better, you're quick to repent, you're quick to forgive. You're like, okay, I'm getting over that offense. Okay, Lord, yes. Here's one in our culture, I'm talking about purity. I'll just tell you how I put this in the message. It's strong, it's Bible. But I will tell you one area of purity that will pay huge dividends is sexual purity. First Thessalonians chapter four, I'm gonna read it to you. You're not gonna hear this anywhere else in culture, but if you, can't, if you don't hear it from the church in the Bible, then you're not gonna hear it anywhere else. Because our world today says, if I feel it, it's okay. Just because we feel it doesn't make it pure and doesn't make it God. And I got this verse from one of my kids on a trip that we took. We, I do this Christmas services and on Christmas day, I leave with all my kids and it's really a valuable time. We've done it for years and we rent a little condo and there's like one and a half bathrooms. That'll test your motives. I've got girls and they live in that thing. So I just get them all huddled up in there and check on the flock. How they doing? We've done this for years. You can do this, some of you young families. We start the week by going, what Bible chapter are we gonna read? And then we pass out a chapter to everybody. So this year we chose 1 Thessalonians. I'm about to read you a strong passage, but I'm telling you where I heard it and thought, I'm gonna share that when I talk on purity. It's just that practical. We pass out the verse, okay? All the way from the littlest to the biggest, you get a, you get a chapter, right? As soon as they can read, you get to start teaching. You're like, I want my kids to learn the Bible? Turn them into preachers. You're preaching tomorrow. They'll be like, Jesus of Nazareth, give me something, give me revelation, give me something out of this Bible so my sister and brother don't make fun of me. I thought, this verse I read, I heard my, one of my children reading, I'm like, whoa. It is God's will that you should be sanctified, getting more pure, that you should avoid sexual immorality. Sexual immorality is anything outside the confines of a husband and wife living in a covenant relationship before him. That each of you should learn to control your own body in a way that is holy and honorable. Not in a passionate lust like the pagans, People who don't know God, who haven't been cleansed by God, who don't care what God says, they just do whatever they want, who do not know God. And that in this matter, no one should wrong or take advantage of a brother or sister. The Lord will punish all those who commit such sins, as we told you and warned you before. For God did not call us to be impure, but to live a holy life. Therefore, anyone who rejects this instruction does not reject a human. You're not rejecting me right now. This is not me, so don't email me. You're not rejecting a human being, but you're rejecting God, the very God who gives you his Holy Spirit. So God says one of those places, and, and I, that's one. It's, it's rampant in our culture. But, but whatever it is, here, here's the right heart. Jesus, you've changed me. You have plans for me. You have purposes. I need to see you this year. I need to see your insight. I need your wisdom. Lord, weigh my motives. Everything I do looks fine to me, but through your word, show me what's important to you. 
And I know I can't change myself, but I'm just gonna keep surrendering to you as the source and I'm gonna keep coming to you and I'm gonna keep finding fellowship and relationship with people that are following after you and they're not perfect, but they're seeking you and all of that together is just gonna start changing me and my motives and, and, and I know that's what you desire. If you do that, you'll look up over time, you'll be amazed. You'll be amazed at what God will do. And as I said, those of you that are parents, there's nothing more sanctifying than raising kids. Because you'll start seeing in them, man, I don't like that behavior. I'm gonna talk to some of you young families. There may even be things that are permissible that you need to shed because you don't wanna see it in them. Don't allow your freedom to be an opportunity for the flesh. Most sanctifying thing on the planet. You're like, wow, they repeat what I do. How'd that happen? Make me holy. Impure things, get them out of me. Yes, Lord. Talking about a higher motivation. We're all gonna have goals because we're goal-oriented people, but God, we ask you, just bow your heads with me. God, we ask you that you'd purify us, purify our hearts, purify our motives. If there's one person listening to me that doesn't know you, I pray, Lord, they would surrender their heart and life to you, that you would cleanse them from all unrighteousness, that you would become their Savior and their Lord, and Lord, you begin to work in their hearts. Lord, this is a message to all of us. Search our hearts. Bring out the impurities. Lord, we wanna walk with you and become who you've called us to be in Jesus' name. Thanks for listening to this week's message. If there's anything we can do to help you in your walk with Jesus, please don't hesitate to reach out through our website at milestonechurch.com. And if you found this podcast helpful, leave a review on the podcast app or your favorite podcast platform. We hope you have a great week.